Welcome to the Super Friends Podcast, where we talk about comics, superheroes, and all things related and in between. I'm Brody. And I'm Brian, and today we're going to be talking about The Dark Knight Returns, that famous comic book that I have never read. I've never read it either, which might sound strange to some of you viewers that we are such avid fans of DC Comics and yet have not read the award-winning book by Frank Miller. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, there's a lot of books I haven't read. I haven't read. I know the story. It's like we yeah. know the story. Everybody knows the story. That's how acclaimed it is. Um, like Superman, Last Son of Krypton, that one with where um, Zod's son shows up. Brian loves that book. He thinks it's the best one ever. And I just read it like two months ago. So like, it's yeah. fantastic. We we haven't read everything. Flash though, I yeah. <laughs> That's different. Sometimes, sometimes I'm like, I should read comics of other characters. So I'll start reading another character, and I'll read like three, four volumes, and then I'll be like, I missed the Flash. Then I go back and read. This was cool, but I'm going back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I right now I'm reading um, The Sandman by Neil Gaiman. Ooh. It's really, which is also another critically acclaimed storyline from that same era. It's called The Engl- the British Re- Renaissance by the DC British Renaissance. Because it was around the period where DC was like, hey, we should go over across the pond. And, you know, they're writing some good stuff. So they stole, you know, Frank Miller, Alan Moore, Neil Gaiman, um... Who else? A lot of a lot of people. Just like a lot of the good stories are written by British. The Killing Joke was written by Alan Moore, and that he's a British dude. But well, it's a quality comic. I liked it. I was reading it. It was kind of darker than I thought it would be. I actually had very anticipated how dark it was. I knew how dark it was going to be, so I was like, "Wow, okay." Because I remember when Batman vs Superman came out, I read because I, I mean, I, I've said before, I live in a place that doesn't really have a lot of comic books, and even mm-hmm. library, they mostly Marvel. So I like Wikipedia the plot line. So I already kind of remembered, okay, this is this is this. But I was like, okay, actually reading the comic though, and it's very and it cracks me up because there are some lines in here that could not would not pass muster in today's society. If it was really because this was a this this comic was published in 1986. Yeah, and it shows. In this and it shows. <laughs> and it shows. It's it's got some. Line. I probably won't say all the lines, but there's a couple I'm probably gonna quote. Oh, so I read I read it in the um, deluxe edition, um, and so I read the foreword that he put in the book beforehand, and he was like, "Yeah, I made this like in such a gritty, dark world future where you know planes are flying into towers and stuff," and then I would went to go write the second book um, for The Dark Knight and it was after 2001 and he was like eh. he was like that was kind of horrible 9-11 was kind of a bad thing yikes <laughs> so I tried to steer clear of that in my like second book <laughs> yikers but yeah that was interesting that he was like yeah that happened so um... yeah that happened he says <laughs> after the yeah. fact he and he said in his foreword that the Dark Knight is very, um, the Dark Knight Returns is very, um, 
his commentary on the society that he lived in in 1986. Um, just like there's a lot of stuff that he like is commenting on when things are brought up in The Dark Knight Returns. Um, it's just one of those deeply like superhero, but it's not really a superhero story. Like it's like a commentary. Yeah. It's like Watchmen, <laughs> which came out around the exact same time as this book. Quality books. Yeah, it was. Oh, who wrote Watchmen? I want to say it was Alan Moore, but I don't want to. Watchmen. That was Alan Moore. Yeah. Frank Miller, Alan Moore. Yep, Alan Moore, Dave Gibbons, and John Higgins. I only know so many comic book writers. Which is yeah. sad. Yeah. Well, there's only a few you know, really. <laughs> I mean, Frank Miller and Alan Moore, it's almost like, well, everyone knows those names. If you, if, like, you kind of know the comic, but you know, those, you know. And then yeah. Jeff Johns. Jeff Johns is a good one. Josh yeah. Williamson. Joshua Williamson. And that's all I know. Jim Lee. Oh, never mind. Okay, I know Jim Lee. <laughs> uh, Scott Snyder. I know Scott Snyder. I see the names and I recognize them, but I can't, like, I, you say that, I'm like, okay, yeah. I do Scott Snyder, but it's like, I can't mm-hmm. lift them off the top of my head. Yeah. I can only list four. Yeah, let me just, um, uh, go over here. <laughs> oh, sure. Let me just my, read My comic stuff. collection is growing. In my defense, my comic collection is growing. That's good. This has taken me a while. Bendis, that's a big one. Bendis. Gary Frank, that's another big one. Oh, Gary Frank is an artist. Sorry. Mark Wade, he's a really big one. Grant Morrison. Oh, that's the other British one that I was trying to think of. Grant Morrison. Grant Morrison, I didn't know that name. It's the other British. British they. British. The Brits, they have talent. Yep. But, yeah. So, The Dark Knight Returns, it's interesting. I did not know through the entire book. I was like, Carrie Kelly's a girl, right? But they keep referring to her as, like, a he and a him. I think that was only because, like, Batman, like, Jason Todd had died and he retired. Mm-hmm. So it was, like, they all knew it was Boy Wonder. So they just see a Robin flying around, so they assume it's a boy, is my thing, is what I think. That's the kind of the theory that I had come up with, too. But I was like, it's just weird. It's just weird because they keep saying... Mm-hmm. Uh, he, but it's just because they don't know who Carrie is. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so, uh, bro, do you want to give us a breakdown of the comic? Oh, yeah. We've been talking this whole time and not a breakdown. So it's interesting. It is interesting how it's set up. The Dark Knight Returns is basically, like, three stories that happen back-to-back um, in this, like, universe. There's first the story where Bruce is, like, he's old, he's retired, and he's just, like, chilling and then Harvey Dent gets out of prison um, after some surgery and he's like I need to stop him so he dons the cowl again and it's kind of commentated in the book that it was almost like an obsession that he had to let it go like it was an addiction and he like struggled with it but after Jason Todd died which would have been pretty recently by the time of this publishing um Instead of him, um, you know, keeping Batman and getting Tim Drake and where we are now, he just stopped being Batman. Um, and apparently Jason's death also had some 
effects on the larger superhero community because you don't really see any of the other superheroes, really only Superman. And then you say that Superman says something about being, like, what had happened. So, like, Wonder Woman's back on Themyscira and mm-hmm. Green Lantern's only in space. It's almost like they were forced to stop being superheroes. Yeah. And Jason's, Jason's death just helped propel Batman to be retired. Yeah. He was, I don't think he was going to retire, but then Jason died and he just yeah. Like, gave up. Yeah, and he, he made that promise, almost like to Alfred. Like, he made that promise, because Alfred's kind of hesitant about it in The Dark Knight Returns when he puts on the cowl. Um, so basically, that's the first part. Um, that's one-third of the book. The second part is about the Joker basically being released from prison, and then him taking on this, like, rogue um, people called the mutants, that they're just, like, these thugs in Gotham that are, like, ruling Gotham now. And he, like, makes fun of, like, totally destroys their leader in like a public match and so they all become the sons of Batman because they're like the city belongs to Batman now and I'm like mm-hmm. but they're still thugs they're just doing it under Batman's name so like there's a guy that's like getting robbed and so they stop the robbing and give the lady back her purse but then they like go and like kill the guys that good intentions still murder yeah so then in the third one um there's some history, there's some background about a nuke, but it's not really important because the real reason you read The Dark Knight Returns is because of the fight that happens in the last part of The Dark Knight Returns. Um, Superman is told by the government because Superman's basically the only authorized superhero. He's basically like a government stooge. Um, yeah, I think they know his identity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. Uh huh. And so. The government tells Superman that they need to go. He needs to go either stop Batman or, like, basically kill him. Like, that, those are your two options. Like, and they were telling him all throughout the comic, too. Yeah, and he was just, just like, no. no, I gotta, like, you know, I gotta talk to him. And he does. Like, he does talk to him a few times. Um, but Bruce he doesn't want to fight Batman. Yeah. He's like, it's like no. his only friend left because yeah. they never even say what happens to him. We don't even know what Lois is doing. We know Jimmy is mm-hmm. president of some other company. Mama's mm-hmm. on the news, but we don't really know where Lois is. Yeah. And um, Green Arrow is missing an arm, and he made the world believe he was dead. Everybody thinks Green Arrow is dead. And Green Arrow's having that conversation with Bruce, and he basically is like, oh, yeah, that's the only way that this is going to work. I need to make the world think I'm dead. And so he fights Superman to a standstill. Superman hears his heart give out. Um, he's like, super sad because he killed his friend and then they're having the whole funeral and carrie's like basically waiting for the drug to wear off to start his heart back up and superman hears like the first beats of his heart as he's walking away and he smiles knowing that like he didn't actually kill his friend but his he knows friend is still alive. yeah but he knows that his friend can operate his heart giving out. Mm-hmm. like he tries to stop the fighting mm-hmm but um, And this is going to go into our later one, but it's very, very reminiscent, you could say, which is why Snyder wanted to do it that way, of the, the BBS yeah. fight, where, like, Cal's trying to talk, you know, Superman's trying to have this conversation where Batman's just, like, throwing stuff at him. He's like, I do not care. Mm-hmm. Which, like, it's like... It's like in that movie, they took the Batman from The Dark Knight Returns and put him with, like, a brand new Superman. Yeah. So, like, 
the the fight's cool, the movie's interesting, and they do try to build up a relationship. But it's almost cooler in the book because there's a more of a relationship. Yeah. Like he's actually sad when you know, Superman but instead of like I don't know. There's I've gave my thoughts on BBS before, but there's definitely like this more rapport versus in BBS. Because BBS they uh, he only sees Superman as a threat instead of vice versa, where it's like a presence mm-hmm. in Superman because they think Batman is just a threat. Mm-hmm. But also, like, Superman is like a, a government weapon. Like, they have, of course, the U.S. still has nukes, but then, like, the the Russians send a nuke, and then Superman stops it. But it's almost like there's not a lot to know with Superman because he's in and out mm-hmm. and never publicly confronts um, Batman until the very end. Other than that, he's always his Clark Kent, or not wearing the suit, mm-hmm. like or or just or just being too fast. That then on the news they're like, oh well, there's you know tidal wave on the coastline just because Superman was flying, you know. Yeah, it's almost like he's not allowed to show that he's still around. Yeah, he's only there basically as like nuclear deterrent, which is horrible. And which is also very similar to dr manhattan and watchman like he existed as literal like deterrent nuclear deterrent and was just there to pretty much impose what the government asked him to yeah like frighten people into not attacking the u.s basically or or blowing them up Mm -hmm. i remember that shot so what what are your what are your general thoughts on this it's not my cup of tea for the characters, for the direction. But, I mean, that goes without saying. I feel like I'm very much more of a lighter superhero reader. I like when things are like stories and you get to imagine like a better world versus like gritty, like this makes you reflect on the issues that our world has. Like, I appreciate those. And sometimes when I read them, I just read them to shove them in, you know, people's faces when they're like, comics don't do anything good i'm like this is like accurately like representing like all the horrible things that happen in our world and it's like commenting on them i was like it's a platform just like social media is a platform to comment on like issues but my preferred like reading is like super fun stuff that's like imaginative and but like i get it there's definitely a place for this but this is where it all started for everybody that thinks DC is dark. Like, this is where it started. I definitely think the Dark Knight Returns, like, like, I was telling Brody before, I it was darker than I thought it was going to be. Like, I already mm-hmm. had an idea of how dark this story was going to be, but it was a lot darker than I thought. And I did like it, because I do like when things get dark. I, I, I'm, like, if you know me in person, and in, like, if you know me personally, you know that I'm I will make jokes and do whatever, but I like, but when I write or when I, or what I like to watch, I like when things get a little darker. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it's weird. I have no idea where that came from, but, um, no idea where that came from. <laughs> who knows? So I, I did really like this. Not as much as I like other comics. I did really like it. Um, I also like, you know, as, you know, as I said, I didn't really have access to a lot of comics, comics when I was younger, but everyone has access to movies. So I did like how there are references in, like, The Dark Knight Rises and The Batman Superman to, like, direct lines from The Dark Knight Returns. And, oh, yeah. 
Yeah, reading Which out, like, that is a direct pull. Like, that's a direct line. And then it really makes me think, like, the Dark Knight, especially Dark Knight Rises, I was like, this kind of is, it, it, uh, like, a like a play on it, but of the Dark Knight Returns, because the Dark Knight did return in Dark Knight Rises. It was like, there's a lot of similarities in... Mm-hmm. I thought that was crazy. And also, like, I'll, I'll talk about it later, but there's even things that aren't DC products, and I'm like, that was clearly based on Black Knight Returns. Mm-hmm. I'll mention that later. But yeah, what you said, it definitely when the DC got where DC got darker, because Joker kills himself. Like Batman pushed like beats cause Joker's just killing people and Batman's saying I'm too slow to stop it because I'm I'm older. But then when he does catch him, he does beat him really bad to the point where like his neck's almost broken, but Batman doesn't kill. So Joker Oh, sure that Batman scene is so gruesome, even though I was just reading it. He, yeah, he literally Joker, like he does he snaps Joker's neck, but Enough to just almost like paralyze him, but not kill him, because he doesn't kill. But then Joker was like, "But they're all say that you did it," and snaps his own neck. Like all he had to do was twist yeah, his neck he fast like enough. Reaches behind and just is like, <laughs> kills himself to make it look like Batman killed him. And then it looks bad because he has a freaking batarang in his eye. So it's like, which caught jo- which I think funny because it caught Joker off guard too when Joker shoots yeah. people, and Batman's like, "Not today," and throws it. And Joker's probably expecting to go in his hand like it probably has before. And he still goes right into his eye. And Joker's then off. He's running because he's like, oh, this got real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, like, at the beginning of the fight, Batman had every intention to kill Joker. He says multiple times, like, no, this is, like, the last time. This is, like, I'm not going to let this continue. And he right. says it multiple times. And then right before he does it, he's like, no, I can't do it. And then Joker's like, ah, oh, too bad. And then... <laughs> He's like, sucks for you, Batman. Just kills himself. He's like, they're gonna say he did it anyways. And then, I didn't understand it. Did Batman put stuff on Joker's body to blow up to cause a distraction, or did Joker do that? Like, that feels like some Joker would do, but also feels like Batman might have done that for a distraction so he could get away. Mm-hmm. Because then the cops are coming, so when Joker kills himself, all the cops are coming in, and Batman's like, I have to get, I'm gonna get caught. Because there's a new commissioner, because after they they catch Harvey Dent, put him back in jail. Because, well, whatever. And then there's a new uh, commissioner mm-hmm. who's like, nah, Batman's a criminal. Yeah. And, but I do like how you keep seeing news throughout the whole thing. Like, like you have some people that are like very much anti-Batman and other people that are very like, well, like I do like that Lana is pro-Batman. Yeah. I appreciated that. That made me happy to see. Um, but I thought it was a really great story. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's one of the greats for a reason. Like, it definitely has a point in the story that it's trying to tell. Like, it's definitely trying to tell you something. Um, which I think is, like, the point. Um, and, like, yeah, with this book, um, The Dark Knight Returns, Watchmen, and, um, I'm trying to think of other books. But this kind of started, like, The Dark Age for DC Comics, which, like, sent them down the path for Alan Moore to write, you know, The Killing Joke, and, like, just things where, like, stories could continue, they could, like, take more risks. The Comics Code Authority had been repealed, so they weren't having to, like, they could actually show violence in comics, and it's a lot like a kid who sheltered his entire life and then comes up somewhere away from his parents is like, you mean, I can do anything? That's exactly what happened. They're like, like, no way. And starts going down dark paths. 
Yeah. That's what happened. But they, when you think about it, though, they tried doing the dark path before with DC Comics, and well, Marvel and DC, and almost killed comics. That's why 1967, yeah. Batman TV show was so campy and funny, but now that can't be funny isn't selling much anymore. They decided let's go down a dark path, and the dark never turns. Yeah, and then can't be funny almost killed Batman, which is almost an unkillable brand. Almost like after George Clooney, almost killed him. Mm-hmm. He still apologized. I think that's funny that he still will apologize when people bring on Batman. He goes, "I'm sorry." Mm-hmm. I'm like, I would apologize. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And then he showed up in the Flash. Yeah, and that confused everybody. But um. I was like, I thought it was a little funny because I was like, of course. They're it's try. funny for people that get it. It's not funny for people that are so confused. Yeah, if you don't get it, uh-huh. then it's not funny. But if you know that he almost killed Batman franchise and he was like the worst Batman, it's a little funny that that yeah. like, yeah, it's a little. Funny. It, yeah, but um, yeah. So then you have you know Superman dies, Joker paralyzes Barbara Gordon. Batman gets his back broken by um, Bane. One woman kills Maxwell Lord. Like, it get comics get dark, which is also because I said comics are often like commentaries on their own. Um, Infinite Crisis, Superboy Prime is literally a fanboy who is so mad that things got so dark. That's his literal origin. He comes from Earth-33, which is which the is Earth. Here. Yeah, which is basically here um, where comics are just comics and he's read all the comics. And then during Crisis, he got sucked in, got Superman powers. And then when his Earth disappeared because of Crisis, um, he was left and he was watching this new universe all, you know, happen. And he's just like, this is not what's supposed to go on. Partly he's manipulated by Alexander Luther. But still, he's like, you guys are not the... And then there's a scene where he kills almost, like, all of these, like, teenage superheroes when they try to stop him. He just, like, brutally decimates them. And he's screaming and crying the entire time. Why are you making me do this? You're turning me evil like you. Like, he literally thinks that it's the universe that he's in is making him a bad guy. When he just doesn't understand, I think well, we can have a conversation with Superman Prime later mm-hmm. because there's actually a lot of thoughts now I have I want to say about him. But there's like <laughs> he's he he's in a perfect example of why if people on our in our reality ever had superpowers, it could only be a select few people that could ever have them. Yeah, Superman gets powers, and then he's deciding who what it is to be a good guy and what it means to be a bad guy. Yeah. Like Based off a handful like, of comic books that he read in like the the sixties, exactly. Where it's like like, especially the more we get into this thing, get philosophical. But like the more we get into the, the, just the the more things happen on our earth, I guess mm-hmm. the fewer there could actually be superheroes now. Yeah, because you would have people who would base it on a movie they saw or a TikTok video, what's good and what's bad, uh-huh. instead of actual moral consequences. Yeah. I mean, if no, I'm inspired yeah. by comics, like if I ever had superpowers, I would definitely be taking inspiration from Superman. But I also would be like, okay, but morally and ethically, what's bad and what's good? Yeah. But also, that's why the comic book characters, because they make impossible decisions, and, and they, they get to. Those. Yeah, they get to, because at the end of the day, it's just somebody writing them. And I think 
that's a lot of people try to like analyze these like things and it's cool to get like the deeper meaning out of it but sometimes you try to make connections where you know like i do like we both talked about like i love like timelines we both like you know chronal can like continuums and like everything to be synchronized but there's sometimes you just have to be like joe wasn't talking to brad and like that's why that happened you know or you know there's this this isn't the blankets and the towels fault this right here but um the flash symbol i don't know if i can see it um it's a yellow background with a white lightning bolt so it's reversed the shame so and like this is like a it's not the towel they just printed the comic cover on the towel so it's like whoever drew this cover just didn't know what they were doing and just messed up and it's not like a small logo it's not the small logo like in the background where like things get hard to draw because you're drawing so tiny you know he's like the second person but you have people that would blame the towel instead of Mm-hmm. That person you drew. Yeah. Speaking of artwork, because we're gone off topic again. We'll have we'll, we'll have a philosophical episode later because I'm realizing <laughs> we probably could talk for a while on this. <laughs> yeah. Um. The artwork is. It's different. It's it's. I don't know whether I am totally in love with it or not. Like there are some panels where I'm like, I don't know how I feel about that look, but there's others that I'm like. Especially when it shows Batman almost looks like a gorilla. Right? He's, like, hunched over. Like. He's hunched over. But also, I'm like, I get why they did that, though. Like, he's supposed to be massive, and, like, everyone's terrified of him. But I'm like, he almost looks animal. But it's also, like, is, was that the point, though, with that artwork? Who, who did the art? Frank Miller. What a talented guy. Yeah, he drew it, and um, it was with a guy named Klaus Jansen. Him and Klaus um, drew it, it says. I don't know what to think about it. It's not the worst I've ever seen. I oh, no. Care. It's definitely, like, a decent piece of artwork. Like, it's definitely, it's like... Different. It was critically acclaimed for, like, one, its story, and two, for its art. Like, it's definitely a piece where, like, you're like, oh, wow. Like, that is definitely Everything was good art. In this comic. But at other times, it's, like, just the... And I get it. Like, I'm not going to bash on any artist. Like, it's hard being an artist and then them just saying, like, this is what you have to draw, you know? But sometimes I do feel like certain panels get hard to draw. And then, like, it's just hard to, like, um, do it, like, accurately and do it justice because of, like, maybe the shot that they're trying to draw or the angle or, you know, just what they're trying to attempt to do. It definitely was different. And, and you know, I thought it was, like, definitely, like, a... Because, like we said, it was a darker... It set up, like, a darker reality for DC. I think it also mm-hmm. set up, like, for how the... I was blinding myself. Um, for how comics would then look afterwards because of how it was drawn. People started taking different approaches to how comics... Because, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, because you've been reading more Silver Age comics, and I've seen panels for different Silver Age comics. The, all the art was pretty much the same yeah unless you read jack kirby stuff jack kirby stuff is very jack kirby but but then frank miller did this and like like now you have all these different kinds of artworks for different like even when we read the flash one they had different Mm -hmm. artists for different issues yeah 
So in the article, it's wildly different, but it's the same story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, like, that's definitely a renaissance, too. I feel like is like art gets really important in comic books, is that, like, people start caring about not only, like, the storyline, but the art. And I think that's something, actually, like, I'm, I just looked up a panel just to remind myself what it looked like, because I finished it, like, at the beginning of this week. Um, and honestly, like, the art wasn't too bad. And this is going to be a weird thing to say. I had a problem with the lettering. I felt like there were so many words on the page at times. And I was like, I feel like I'm reading. Because there's multiple panels, multiple pages, where it's just like a picture and then text underneath of it for like the news broadcast, you know? And those panels were just really hard for me to read. No, me too. It was really hard. Uh, I, and I, you know, and I would mostly say it, it was just because mostly things are in text bubbles or squared off, so you know where it's coming from. And it wasn't. It was just kind of above someone's head, without no speech bubble, no yeah. squared off. So you're kind of like, who's saying this, and where are they saying it? Exactly. Not to take away from the greatness of this comic. It's still a great comic. It just was. It it made it harder to to like understand this. Like who. Was and I've read. This. And I've read other. Frank Miller stories. I read um, All Star Batman and Robin, The Boy Wonder. It's um, a book he wrote in like 2010, 2011. So it's pretty new, but he wrote it as like a prequel um, to this, basically, to create his like universe called the Millerverse. Um, And like, it's the same thing. The same thing with Superman Year One, which is like his Superman for this universe. It's basically been dubbed the Millerverse. Um, Batman Year One as well. They're all very Frank Miller. Frank does that a lot. Is he like likes to have this? And a lot of the time, there's not a lot of actual speech bubbles. It's all like Batman's thoughts, or like he was writing in a journal, almost. You know? Yeah. Which I'm like, hey, that's your like. That's how you write. Like, I get it. Like, who am I to say that you can't do that? You know, I and I I just think it's very interesting to read. Mm-hmm. But it makes it difficult because you don't know who's saying what. Nicely yeah. Understanding. Yeah, exactly. Definitely what I would say. But still funny. All right. Yeah. So the next thing on our says impact and similarities in media. I'm gonna combine. I say we combine them into one because it's pretty much the same thing. And we've kind of already talked about the impact a little bit, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, if it's all right with you, I'm just going to mention what I thought was similar in the media, because it cracks me up. Yeah, go for it. Okay, so I wrote down, which I don't usually, usually I like to commit things to memory, but unless I have to do something totally memorized, I have to write it down. Mm-hmm. So, there are lines in this that are directly in other things, and I don't know if we mentioned that in the show, or that was me and Brody talking so I'm gonna say it again. We there are things, there are lines in this that are directly into the Batman Superman, which is based on the Dark Knight Returns, mm-hmm. or even the Dark Knight Rises. And one of my yeah. favorites is uh, um, in the Dark Knight Rises when Batman, all the lights go off and Batman shows up, and this older cop and this rookie cop are sitting. The rookie's like, "What the heck's going on?" The older cop literally says, "You were in for a show tonight, son." And literally, that's what happens in. Dark Knight Returns. The yeah. Batman first shows up again, and the guy gets ex- the cop gets excited and goes to talk to um, Batman. Yeah. And then, in so there's a couple lines I'm gonna read. 
because I thought they were cool. Like Ben, like Alfred tells, like Al- Batman's drinking some some alcohol, I think wine, and then Alfred says, "I'm hoping the next generation of Waynes aren't going to enter an empty wine cellar." And I think that is directly right. in the movie. And then he even says, "Like not this, and not like there's going to be a next generation." And I'm like, "Dude, I love the fact they put that in there because that's just ripping on the fact that Batman is single." Yeah, totally. And then Lex says it in Batman Superman, but in this, it's Lana on the news. Says something about being psychotic is any thought too big for little minds. Mm-hmm. In that, she's Lana's insulting some doofus, but Lex is like threatening Lois, which I think they they use that line differently. Mm-hmm. Alfred, oh no, Alfred. Batman's telling Superman this. He goes, "We're criminals. We've always been criminals." But in Batman Superman, that's what he tells Alfred. Yeah, and then after he beats the snot out of Superman, Fulton, the Dark Knight turns on BBS. He says, "Dying, my parents taught me a different lesson. You know, dying for no reason, dying for no reason at all." In a cold alley, makes yeah. Sense if you force it to, and I'm like, dude, that's a quality line, and I like the fact that it's. And then there's one more similarity for me, and then I'll stop talking. No, you're good. Talk all you want. I talk a lot sometimes, so. So the end of the Dark Knight Returns, like Bruce fakes his death. Mm-hmm. And the sons of Batman are gonna continue, to because Batman then is like too old, he can't keep doing it. He's gonna show them the yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. But they're gonna continue to be like vigilantes. He's like and, training them. Yeah. And Alfred dies, has a stroke, and blows up Wayne Manor. That is so sad, honestly, <laughs> because it's like you know that Bruce isn't actually dead, but Alfred is actually dead. Alfred's actually gone. Yeah. But what's What's interesting, have you ever seen Burn Notice, Brody? I have not. So it's a show about a spy who's been burned, so that means, like, he has... Like, disavowed? No... Yeah, he's got no... He's bank captain frozen, he's got no credit cards, um, he's been dumped in the city, you know, and uh, he's got no job history. And he's stuck in whatever town, whatever town they decide to dump you in. And he's only got, like, a few friends. He's got his ex-girlfriend, a friend who used to inform him to the FBI. Um, family, his family, his mom, which is like his alpha, basically. And then a, a spy he met along the way who's also got burned. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and the whole series finale, I haven't, I haven't ever seen it, but Tyler, my little brother, and my dad had me turned on. Because I never finished Burn Notice. I just kind of watched it over the watching. Mm-hmm. And how it ends is Michael, the main character, and his girlfriend... Fake their deaths. His friend and the other spy he met continue to do what he was doing, which is just they take clients and do impossible missions for them because they're not actually employed by CIA or FBI. They're just using their skills to help people, kind of like Batman. So his yeah. friend, his two friends continue on, and his mom dies and blows up the house. Wow. And I, I remember Tyler telling me about that. I'm like, that is... Exactly the end of the Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, I mean, totally. That was totally inspired by that. Like done differently, of course, but totally inspired by that. And I thought that was crazy. So I, I mean, been reading the comic, I was like, no, it's Burn Notice. <laughs> Yo, the end of Arkham Knight is basically the exact same thing too. Oh, and the Dark Knight Rises does that. Does that too? 
Like, mm-hmm. Bruce makes his death. I mean, he doesn't blow up Wayne Manor, but he, it's not well, devoted to Bruce anymore. It's, it belongs to someone else. If you think about it, all of Christopher Nolan's movies are very heavily based on Frank Miller. Because um, we might have to read Batman Year One on here so you can realize the similarities. But there are so many lines pulled from Batman Year One that are directly in Batman Begins. Like, they even end the exact same way. Batman Year One ends with Jim and Batman talking on a rooftop, and he mentions the Joker. But that one, he says, someone poisoned the river. Like, you gotta figure this out. And in the end of Batman Begins, he gives him the card. That's the great thing about Christopher Nolan. He, if he has source material, he sticks to it. Like, absolutely. Like, the prestige he did, stuck the book exactly. The Dark Knight trilogy is all based on different comics. Like, we talked about the Dark Knight being based on the longest, long, uh, long Halloween. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, long Halloween. Dark Knight Rises is based on Dark Knight Returns. Like, I, he's never said that, but after reading the comic and watching the movie, he definitely knows what it's based on. Year one, Batman Begins. And then even, like, things based in history, like Oppenheimer. I'm going to do my plug for Oppenheimer. Um, and Dunkirk, they're based in history, and he keeps them, like, incredibly accurate. That's why it's like mm-hmm. the Dark Knight is one of the best Batman movies because he takes he takes it right from the comics, and it's heavily based in that. Yeah, and it's good. It shows. Like um, Fantastic. we'll close up in a minute. I just want to add this because I feel like it's in line with what we said. Um, and I mentioned this earlier. I've been reading the Sandman series by Neil Gaiman. Mm-hmm. Netflix put out a um a Sandman show, and it is amazing. Like. They had a few caveats when they got the rights from the studios, like you can't use any DC superheroes, and it was a comic book written in the DC universe. So, like, they're very smart about how they leave out, like, certain because they're not big in the comic book. There's one scene where Dream, um, the main character of the Sandman, um, yeah. he's looking for his Dreamstone, and so he's like well where can i go you know find it and so he goes to the justice league headquarters and john's there but john sees him as his martian god of dreams and so it's super cool because john has this like experience where he meets him and he tells him where the dreamstone is because dr destiny dr destiny is like a classic justice league villain who uses the dreamstone um but anyways that happens in the comic book and then there's a there's a comic where um, Hector Hall and Lida Hall, which Hector Hall is the son of Hawkman and Hawkwoman. Nice. Um, and there's a whole scene with him too. And so, but in the TV show, um, he gets the Dreamstone just by like finding out where it was. They just like included this, like didn't include that. And then with Hector and Lida, they just included them as like friends of one of the characters so they could just be put in and then they just don't mention anybody in the DC universe. So it's like, it's not like it couldn't be in the universe because there's a dream sequence where you see pictures of like Flash's rogues gallery. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's like, oh, like they're trying really hard to not like step on anybody's toes. So it's not in the DC universe, but there are multiple scenes and multiple lines that are like ripped straight from the comic. And I'm like, this is amazing. More people need to do this and not be afraid to do it. Absolutely. I feel like so many people are afraid of, like, doing that because they're like, no, it has to be, like, all original and it has to be, like, my idea. And I'm like, 
people want to see these stories. These are the stories they want to see. They have to show. They, I mean, that's that's always something. Studios, whether it's like movie studios or comics, you know, you got to realize what the fans watch and 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 want. And Frank Miller and Joshua Williamson, very good at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like I would them, die. I would die for a Flash TV show that's just like. Joshua Williamson's Flash series just ripped. You know, from you know, Brody. Let's do it. Let Let's make that TV show. Let's do it. I, I only trust me and you to do it. And Tyler, Tyler help us. Yes, Tyler can help us. I trust Tyler. We We should just make honestly. On, yeah, if I if there was a TV show, just based on those, like it could be it could be fifteen seasons long. Just very short seasons, based on those comics exactly. And you know mm-hmm. how much money those would, those would bring in a studio? Well, they just take a and this is a different out. point. This is a different point, which we could do a whole video on later. But if you look at how popular, like, um, anime is and the manga, the reason that is is because people can be scrolling on whatever streaming their service they're on, because Netflix has animes now. They can watch an anime that's, like, two, three seasons out, and then they're like, wow, I want to know what happens next. So they Google it, and then they realize there's an entire series that is anime. It's just the moving version of the mangas, you know? Like, the the stories are exact. Like, you can read it, and you'll watch the exact same thing. So when people are just, like, scrolling, and they're like, oh, this looks good, they get hooked, and then they want to know where the story goes, they read the book, buy the books, and then they go back and watch the TV show. It's like an ever-looping cycle that just is, like, generating money. And if DC could figure out how to do that, they would just, like, they'd be so rolling. Warner Brothers would be doing fantastic. If they would just listen to fans. Yeah. But. Bunch of freaking nerds. Bunch of freaking nerds. What do we know about corporate America? We only know what we... We only are your fans, but we are only your, you know, customers. And we know, like we know the, the stuff better than the execs. Like, you want to make money. But then again, you also don't want to listen to the people that are going to make you the money. <laughs> so, I guess you can just waste your money. Yeah, I guess you could just make, you know, another horrible Harley Quinn and the and fabulous em- emancipation of one said Harley <laughs> I still yet to see that, and I low key wanted to know how bad it was. I've only watched part of it. I I was the same way with Suicide it. Squad. I was like, I want to know how bad this is, so I watched it. Like, that was atrocious. Mm-hmm. But should we end this one? We should, because now we're way off topic again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Overall, Dark Knight Returns. It was a good book. I would recommend it if you want a little darker Batman. If you enjoyed Zack Snyder's um, take, definitely read. Um, the Dark Knight Returns. You'll enjoy it a lot. Um, yeah. Any final words, Brian? Read the comic. Yeah, read it. Read it. Make your own opinion. And then they did make a movie of it. It's an animated movie. I didn't watch the animated movie, um, but they broke it down into two parts, so that usually means they did good at making sure it was actually accurate. So they could fit in, and I like when they do that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. If you want to watch the movie, you can, and then read it too. You got options. Um, but that's all that we're going to have time for today. Um, we don't want to keep this one really long. Um, so if you love this episode, as always, 
um, go leave us a five-star review and comment on it so we can know who it is that left us a review. Uh, keep your eyes open for an episode next week. I don't have it pulled up, Brian. Do you know what our episode next week is on? It's yeah, Superman. So next week is a review of the Christopher Reeve Superman movies. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah. I love those movies. So, be high. We got a resident Superman fan expert yeah. in the house. So, we're going to be talking about those. Um, yeah, it's going to be fun. Um, this podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, pretty much anywhere you can put podcasts in your ear holes. And until we meet again, peace out.